0: going on guys welcome back to the Lions block podcast this is your host gavin and we are coming back to you after a 1-0 win we only had a uh a rough, one rough game and we are back in the wins column so so really excited to be coming back after a win uh here to join me today is my lovely co-host chase how you doing tonight chase
1: gavin i'm doing well how are you my friend
0: I am good. Mike's a little hot. That's how we usually oh, start boy. off this podcast with some hot. <laughs> not so great uh, call quality but uh, or sound quality. But I'm obviously better than we were last week as my mother has now left my house. Thank God. She doesn't listen. To this <laughs> <hard>. um, <laughs> if she does, I love you, Mom. I'm kidding. Uh, so, 1 0 win against the galaxy. Uh, oh, what, what overall thoughts? Let's just start there. I want to hear your overall thoughts. It's an away win that's very hard in this league, all the way over in the West Coast. We saw the stat that Opta put out, um, first win in the Pacific time zone since 2015. Uh, just want to get your overall thoughts on the game before we, start, before we dive into it.
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously it was a very, not a terrible performance, not a great performance by any stands, but an awful result that we were coming off. Which is starting to look a little bit less awful. I actually think Cincinnati's playing a little bit better this year for whatever reason. It's not like their squad is too much better. Um, We'll see how long that lasts. But it's, you know, we have to make what, like a 3,000 mile trip? Something that, you know, the MLS, there's no other league like that in the world where you're going to have to travel so far just for a league game. Um, It can obviously be a bit of an issue, especially with a very new squad. A lot of guys not used to that, you know, long of a plane trip before, you know, a standard game. Uh, or in general really well maybe faku is south america is pretty big but um it's yeah it's it's um it was it was a good performance i mean like we very clearly kind of had a bit of a plan maybe to sit back a bit hit on the counter try to get a goal and then protect what we have um some people like to call that a poppy special i suppose and i guess that's kind of what we saw um i think that despite the fact that we Seeded a lot of the ball to the galaxy and we sat back a little bit I still think that we kind of executed a game plan fairly. Well Um, We were still able to get forward and and hit them on the counter a few times not just the goal I thought that we were getting forward a bit looking a little bit dangerous not Consistently I guess but we weren't completely hopeless for that entire game Um, And then we did really well to kind of bunker in and you know shield them out wide didn't really let them get too much through the middle Which you know is where they probably would be most dangerous Um, it was a nail-biting win but it was what maybe you have to do in a, a game like that and maybe what we're gonna have to do against portland as well kind of bunker down and protect what you got and oh, all in all i'm i'm very pleased with the performance
0: yeah uh the, the way i'll give my thoughts real quickly the way i'll summarize it is we cincinnatied <laughs> galaxy Uh, because Cincinnati basically did that to us. Uh, Maybe a little bit of luck went Cincinnati's way in their win over us, and I would say a little bit of luck went our way against the Galaxy as well. Uh, Either way, flip-flop results get 1-0 on the road. Uh, We could have lost this game. We could have drawn this game. We get a 2-1 loss at home. Could have won that game. Could have drawn that game. So that's the way I'll summarize kind of the game overall. Let's get into it. In the first place I want to go is the lineup. So uh, you're looking at... The big discussion of the last episode was, what should the makeup of our midfield be? Should it be Urso and Araujo? Should it be Mendez and Araujo? Should it be Urso and Mendez still? So, like, what are we doing here? And Oscar Barea has different ideas. Puts in Araujo, Mendez, and Urso with Pereira in there as well. Now, I was thinking we're seeing a four-diamond, two, Like, we saw in preseason. I, you were not the Co- Colorado preseason game. But around the 65th, 70th minute, he made a sub. We went to a 4-diamond-2, uh, clearly a 4-diamond-2. And I was like, okay, we're starting with a 4-diamond-2. One, two, one, two, for those of you who are not uh, 100% sure what I mean by diamond. Uh, 4 These one two, ones two. Ones that And that's not what we saw at all. I think we saw more of a double pivot with Araujo and Mendez. We saw Pereira stick to the middle and Urso out on the right. Uh kind of playing that similar horizontal role that Pato played last game against Cincinnati that Faku played in the first two matches of the season. So what do you make of Urso being put out on the right instead of Pereira? Um, because that's where a lot of people would think in this makeup of a midfield, he, that would be kind of the the trade Urso more in the central areas, maybe in the, that 4-3-3 that we've been seeing and then Pereira on the right. Um, What do you make of that?
1: I think that in a sense it kind of does make sense because, you know, we kind of talked last episode about how, at least from our perspective, we view Pereira as somebody who is more influential in kind of receiving the ball and then turning up the field and then not necessarily hitting that final ball, but just kind of shifting the ball forward, maybe connecting the midfield to the attack more than being the one that is going at defenses and slipping people in behind. Um, so you probably want him to be more centrally if you don't have somebody that you would feel necessarily overly confident in fulfilling that role. Um, so I guess to an extent it kind of does make sense. Now looking at Urso when he was lined up on the right, um, you know, it's not like a midday situation, but it's something that maybe would raise an eyebrow or two, especially in a more modern game where you typically would like to see players who are a bit more, mobile and pacey, I guess, for lack of a better terms, out on the wing. But it definitely is not a requirement, you know what I'm saying? And for the most part, I thought that he deputized pretty well, especially, like, if we were going to be a bit more defensive. Um, and, you know, they, they have – their entire attack is made up of DP players, and Chicharito is dropping a little bit more, so he was floating around wherever. And then Cabral, who was one of their better players, was more so lining up on the left. So having Urso, who is a player who is a bit of box-to-box midfielder, but capable defensively, play out wide wasn't too bad and I thought that he did pretty well on some of the fast breaks um and you know I didn't think that he was like overtly terrible obviously I don't have as much of a luxury as other people to be able to rewatch the games but I can't and maybe I'm an idiot but I can't recall too many moments where he was looking like a, a man outside of his comfort zone I guess out there in the right um, and I thought that it worked decently well and it's something that if we are going to bunker down a little bit more Makes a bit of sense, I guess, because he's a bit more of a presence than someone who is just going to stick to the wing, stay forward and, you know, be more of an attacking threat than sort of a total football type player, I guess.
0: Yeah, I, um, it, I was able to watch to rewatch the match and I wasn't able to watch the match live. So that's why I was stumbling over my words. Um, so I would watched it tonight and you're right. Urso was fine out there. Urso didn't really do anything wrong. He had like one poor pass on a on a breakaway but other than that he was pretty dangerous in transition, which is the type of player he's always been for us a transition transition player. But I want you to I want you and the listeners to kind of visualize something and tell me if this makes sense. but I think this is something that we could possibly see moving forward once we get all of our pieces in. So just just hear me out here. instead of Urso on the right, what if we were to put Pereira out there and play that more midfield type creative role in that right space? Put Facundo or Pato through the middle. I think more Facundo and then Gaston Gonzalez, that straight-line sprinter, up and down vertical runner on the left. Do you think that's something we could see near come, you know, a couple couple weeks really Gaston Gonzalez comes early May.
1: Yeah, I mean Especially with... And, you know, I guess it's going to kind of stop a little bit now because this is the last international break into the World Cup. But there will be, you know, warm-up games, I guess. Um, So we're going to have some players out, particularly Facundo, who would be a player that you would kind of look to to be that attacking option. Um, So we are going to have to kind of tinker, I guess, and and figure out what to do um, in that scenario. And that midfield does sound relatively balanced. I honestly think that I would probably rather... Have Paso, honestly, play centrally than Facundo. Um, maybe, like, I, I don't know. I've often kind of thought about, like, Mauricio playing as sort of, like, in a double pivot. But I don't know how that would work. But I, I can understand what you're saying. How, like, you know, having a player who is able to, as much as it's not his first role, I guess, Mauricio Pereira is able to kind of operate out wide. And if he's in an area, he can deliver across. And he can play one, twos, especially with Huan. I think Huan would be able to find a lot a lot of space with Mauricio out there. Um, and then if our attack is so, I don't want to say like heavily focused on that one side. But if we are kind of having a lot of our possessive phase of play on the right side of the field, that would leave a lot of space for somebody like, uh, um, Gaston Gonzalez, or even just like Benji Michelle or somebody like that to have a lot of open space as well, potentially hit a channel or something like that, and then they have a little bit of, of room to operate. Um, so it's something that, especially now that we see like Urso having some success with it, a player who is maybe a little bit better even in transition like Mauricio um, and has the ability to, as much as actually something that I thought Urso did pretty well this game was like spraying out long balls and kind of expanding his passing range. Um, but, you know, Mariso Ferreira would be somebody that we would think would have an extremely expansive passing range. So I think that he could succeed in that as well as also giving other players the ability to find space like Juan and Gaston, as I said. So it's something that feasibly could work. Everything sounds good, you know, in, um, in conversation, I guess. We have to see how it would work in practice um, and, you know, what we would kind of be sacrificing centrally, if anything. Um, but it's definitely an option that isn't awful which to be fair if i heard ursa was playing on the right before i probably would have rebuffed that idea so it's yet to be seen it would be something obviously that we would have to put some time into but it's not something that i hate for sure no yeah
0: um that 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 kind of idea um piques my interest i'll say I, i i really think that could work i just i think then it's do you want pato or do you want facundo I mean, I guess you could just leave it as Pato in the middle, Facundo on the left, and then Gaston Gonzalez off the bench. But I feel you get more threat in behind with Gaston Gonzalez. Just looking at the tape, that, that that's yeah. what I feel. The same way we have more threat in behind when Benji's on the left side than Facundo's on the left side. Um, which Facundo did get in behind a couple times this match. Had a couple of poor touches, but we'll get to that. Let's move on a little bit. I want to go to Erchankara first. Um, this was really his first appearance where he's had space to do anything, really. Um, I feel like in the Cincinnati match, it was very tight in the middle. He really wasn't able to do much. He was closed down very quickly every time he's had the ball. But in this match, we got to see him a little bit more one-on-one defending instead of three v one defending. So, so what were your thoughts on, on, on this match for uh, our DP number nine?
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously, any goal contribution is very good. It was, it was quite the delivery, and he was able to kind of take a touch and beat a man out wide and then deliver across, which someone who is, however tall he is, quite tall, and maybe mobility wouldn't be the first thing that you would think of. That's something that's impressive to see, like technical ability from, uh, I don't want to say quite like a poacher, but somebody who you would consider to be more of in uh, like a in the box type presence and aerial presence, I guess, to see the ability to play with the ball at his feet and then, you know, set up other teammates is quite well. And something that I thought he did quite well with as well was uh, making runs to kind of get in behind and create space. Like we saw that a little bit against Cincinnati. Even there was a time where like Pato, Played a really nice ball, but uh, Carl made a good, a good run, which he probably should have finished it. Uh, it was a header, I can't recall the exact time. But, you know, it's something that we've seen that he's he's able to find space and then put himself in areas to score. Um, something that I did feel like we kind of noticed a little bit, which is maybe to be expected, is if he is to get in behind and he has quite a decent bit of space to run, he doesn't necessarily have the breakaway speed that even like Daryl DK used to have. Um, well, let me cut you day. off
0: real quick here. Um, we have a question exactly about that, so you can keep going oh, here right. in a second. Emil uh, Apata, all one word, at Emil Apata, how can we use car effectively as a goal scorer when it seems that he moves as fast as a Power Wheels toy car? <laughs> Vamos yeah. Orlando en Vizca el Barcha.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it, it is tough because, like, you know, he's capable with the ball. I feel like, I almost feel like he's, like, better in short bursts than he is, like, over long distances. But that's based off of like one game, and I could be completely misreading that. And that's not really what you'd expect from a player like him. Um, but yeah, it is just something that is going to have to be increasing the amount of service that he receives, which at the moment is something that we're kind of struggling with, at least, you know, looking at who who is a player who constantly gets in good areas for crosses, but has just. I mean, he's never really consistently had the ability, but it's he's just not able to deliver anything that is too tantalizing for a forward. Um, so, yeah, I, I just think most of that what has to be is we have to put him in areas where he is more of a one or a two touch finisher because he's going to get into those spaces. It's just a matter of getting the ball to him. Um, you know, like if we are to have a counter-attacking type game, which is why like we sub Benji on and I actually thought that this was a good game for him personally because he was gonna have space in behind. He's a player that uh, does make pretty decent runs and if he gets in on goal, he's a, a good finisher as well. I think that he struggles a little bit more when we have a lot of the ball. So that was a game that was pretty good for him and, and obviously Cara did well as well. But like if we're gonna be consistently counter-attacking, he's not able to get in behind. Um and that's just not the style that's gonna work with him as much as he is good with his feet and stuff like that, and like these quick little One-twos and stuff like that, I think he's like fine. Um, we just have to put him in areas where he's not going to have to consistently be running behind or beating a man and then taking a bunch of touches and then trying to, you know, finish himself. We have to find him in the spaces that he is going to create and then just allow him to finish essentially. And it's easier said than done. Obviously, it's 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 you know, he's going to be defended quite well because he has such a presence, but we have to just find him because there is gonna be plenty of times throughout the game where he makes that space for himself.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. I do think, though, when we are in a in a bunker counterattack mm. system, I think he is the one to start up top. P- Pato, yeah, at times, can do well with the link play, but Kara's uh, very good at drawing fouls. We saw that in the scouting video. He won the mm. most fouls in the Austrian Bundesliga last season. So, like, he wins a bunch of yes. fouls. He won a couple fouls here against LA Galaxy. That relieves pressure that slows down the match um that forces them to go back and and you are able to keep possession like it's a really good thing and then his hold up play is you know i would say just as good as pato and he still has that presence i think to Mm. answer the question specifically they say how can we use cara effectively as a goal scorer um when he's so slow basically i think getting the ball out to the right or to the left into those spaces um Just outside of the box, but on the right side, and then maybe like a diagonal through ball where he's making a run in behind is how we can get him to become a goal scorer. I think if we get the ball out to a a, and think of the the position that Urso was taking up, right? If Urso's playing a through ball, a diagonal through ball between the lines to Cara, making a run in behind there, I think that's how we see him get some goals, and then also. Huan uh, needs to improve his service like you were talking about. Because against Cincinnati, there's that one where Huan is in behind, he's on the goal line, Cara's making a run to the near post, and he chips it up and chips it over Cara when all he had to do was kick it along the ground. So, like, those are the moments that we could have seen Cara be used effectively as a goal scorer, and the quality just wasn't there from Huan, And then we're just not seeing... um you know, we haven't seen the scenario that I was talking about yet. Uh, anything else on Carb before we move on?
1: Uh, no, yeah. I mean, I, I think we have kind of seen a little bit of where he can be effective. Like, I think specifically, he had a very clear-cut chance against Montreal, which was a time where we were holding possession a decent bit, and he was able to find space. Um, But yeah, I just, yeah, I agree. Like, his, his hold-up play is very good. I, I definitely understand what you're saying about how this is a good game for him as well. But I didn't feel like... We had runners coming off of him, but something that we've always kind of lacked a little bit in the squad is a bit of pace. Um, so if we're going to use him in that facet, which is obviously something he's quite strong off, um, you know, if it's kind of like a bunker and game, we're going to have to have more people running at him or running off of him rather at pace. Which we that's going to be Gonzalez.
0: With. That's going to be yeah. Gonzalez.
1: Benji or, or Gonzalez or Facundo or somebody, but yeah, Gonzalez especially. Because mm-hmm. like we we I thought we were creating some chances from that a little bit well just hold up play quick counter attacking stuff but it was like Junior and like Cesar Araujo who aren't necessarily the most at least as, I mean Junior Junior is a good finisher and stuff but he's not I don't know to put it like he's not the quickest player in the world he's not slow I would like to see more players running off of him because has shown a good ability like you said for hold up and also a good ability to you know play with the ball at his feet and slip some people in behind so we need some people running off of him as well
0: yeah now let's um let's stay in the attack just a little bit longer uh just quickly i've been i think everyone can kind of understand with my line of questioning how around this player how i've been feeling about him but facundo torres has been kind of frustrating me um obviously gets his first goal and 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 that's great he makes a great run he gets really high up in the air for someone of his size um powerful header down great goal um, but then, yet again, we see a, a point in the match, his long shot this match. And, and maybe this is just something that I'm going to have to get used to from him. But, like, and, and and I guess I'll be loving it when he smacks one into the top corner. But right before halftime, he gets the ball. He's about, I don't know, 25 yards from goal. 20, Yeah, around 25 yards from goal, I'd say. And... He has people running into the box, kind of making that diagonal run I was talking about. Takes a long shot when he had a through ball on. I think it might have been Maurizio Pereira. And so it's like these moments are moments where we could really be dangerous in the attack, and he's just taking long shots. And f- for me, I think that might be the pressure getting him to him a bit. He he feels like he has to, to do the spectacular thing when maybe the simple thing is... the the better decision for the team do you agree with that or have you been frustrated with his play especially those long shots or or am I just being a little too overcritical?
1: well I have to be honest I do not quite recall the moment that you're talking about but I I've, I've been frustrated with him at times because he's a player that obviously has great ability and I think I was a little bit frustrated I guess with him in the Cincinnati game where he would pick up the ball a lot and have Alvis Powell one-on-one. And, you know, it's understandable to try to hold up play a little bit and wait for numbers, but I I would like to see him going at players a little bit more. Um, You know, that is partially just because it's very fun to watch, and also I think that he definitely has the ability to beat a man and then get himself in some space and create a little bit more. Um, But even if I can't recall what you're talking about, just broadly speaking, like, that is something that, players do i guess have an issue with especially in a game that might even be a little bit frustrating like this um where you know they are not kind of i don't know if it's whether they're picking up their head or they're trying to put the team in the back or something like that but it's stuff like that is why like obviously long shots if you look at it from an analytical perspective like just looking at data and stuff like that um you know it's not ideal like there aren't many players in the world who can consistently score from that range nani so happened to be somebody who at least in the mls found a lot of success doing that but like you know i, I that kind of reminds me of like do you remember when like vincent company scored against i think like lester it was like one of the best premier league goals ever and i think it like put city into winning the league um if you watch the video despite the fact that obviously he scores and it's a huge goal for the season you see like every single player on the field like telling him not to shoot. And it's just because it's not a very high percentage look. So I can definitely see how, you know, it can be frustrating if a player is consistently doing that and it's not coming off. Um, and, yeah, I, w- I would like to see Facundo. I don't know. I don't know if it's decision-making because I think that there's a good chance that, you know, for things like taking on a man or something like that, he's being instructed to kind of hold up the ball a little bit and then allow Xiao to come and play or Mariso or whomever. But there are times where I definitely think that he could um, – make a better decision i guess in the moment but who am i to say i guess but i can also definitely see what you're saying you alluded to it earlier sometimes he takes some touches that are a little bit frustrating um whether or not it is just a poor touch in general or he could have shielded the ball to a different area to keep the play going like it's something that i didn't notice as much this game but i have noticed in the previous games uh not not too much but more than you would hope
0: yeah, the one thing I will say is this is a player who is popping up in dangerous positions every time he's on the pitch, and and that's good. I, I really, really like that. That that signifies that he is going to be a dangerous player for us moving forward, and things just aren't coming off for him right now. Better decision-making in these opportunities where he's looking at the goal 25 yards out, you don't have to take a shot there. Take two touches, suck someone in, You know, you have them close to you, Flick it around them, through ball, dribble past them, get a foul. Then you have a free kick on the edge of the box. Then you get a, you know, a free kick. You get a, a shot on goal that way if you really want a shot. But, um, like, I don't know, just these long shots, they've been really frustrating. But overall, he's he's looked dangerous. Uh, definitely, he's already had a goal and an assist. I can't complain about those. But these little areas in the attack, these are where our attack could improve big time. And and, and a lot of them are falling to his feet and, and he's the one kicking them over so that's why he's kind of getting the criticism from me. Let's go ahead and move back to the midfield just really quickly but this is more a thought on the defense overall. So obviously LA Galaxy were um, creating more chances throughout the match. They were the ones getting behind. We had a couple of nervy moments right in front of our net that Cabral just could not get his foot to Um it, and for me, I think in this match, the back 5 defensively, so our back four and Galese deserve a lot of credit, but I felt the midfield was was not doing well defensively. D- did you get that vibe? That vibe that it was the back 5 was kind of saving the midfield from um cuz the mid- oh, let me say it like this, the midfield was not protecting the back 5 as they should have been.
1: Yeah, I definitely got that Bible up once, like in the second half, in the first half as well. But I thought Sebas was doing an all right job of like breaking up play a bit at times in the first half. Like there are a few instances that I can recall. But I mean, obviously, you know, if anyone thinks of the game, you would think of us being inside our own defensive third, having to have a big moment from Antonio Carlos or Pedro Galese collecting the ball or, you know, just all of us kind of shielding our players out wide. But there was just a lot going on inside of our own penalty area. Um And part of that is just like the midfield, you know, they should probably do better at shielding the back line. But it's also like we just were never able to like fully get out and completely establish ourselves. Um, We just constantly and, and this is this is an issue with the midfield as well. Like a way to relieve pressure is obviously to hold the ball yourself and then. Like, we were hitting on counters and we were looking a bit dangerous, but it's also good to sometimes maybe try and hold the ball so you're giving your back line a bit of a break. But we weren't really able to establish ourselves in a possession sense throughout the game, which that falls on the midfield as well. But there also just wasn't too many times, I guess, where they had the opportunity to break up play because of that. But, but all of that sort of still, like, falls on them. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I would agree that the man of the match today, I guess, for lack of a better term, men of the match even would be our back four more specifically. Kind of like I thought our center backs and our goalkeeper did well, really well Antonio Carlos and uh, especially he was probably the player of the game. Um, Yeah. yeah. Let's
0: let's um, give Carlos some deserving praise here. I agree. He was man of the match. He was everywhere. Um, uh, Evan Weston on Twitter, put out the stats. He had like 14 clearances, um, a couple tackles. I mean, he was immense back there uh, he, he's putting up performances that are Defender of the Year performances. Um, so do you just want to quickly give him some praise?
1: Yeah, I mean, shoot, like like you said, Evan Weston, uh, 14 clearances. That is immense. We were under a lot of pressure throughout the game. He also was winning the ball in the air a lot. Um, I think he – I think – here, let me look real quick. Sorry. I'm on mob at the moment. Yeah, nine of those clearances were head clearances, so he was quite busy in the air as well. He was breaking up play um he recovered possession a decent amount of times and he didn't really put a foot wrong I recall for any tackles or anything like that um and and I would agree like I literally I I feel like I've kind of you know I haven't been banging on about this too much but I feel like at times our center back pairing is maybe one of the better ones in the league and I think obviously Johnson is a very solid center back he's very good with the ball at his feet um but he is a little bit of a I don't want to say like hothead, but he's more likely to put a foot wrong than Antonio Carlos. Like Antonio Carlos is someone who is just going to put up performances like this relatively consistently. And he's someone who is going to um, play an intelligent game, I guess, be a consistent, like he's going to put up consistent defensive numbers as he does. And, um, you know, we, we have one of the better center back pairings in the MLS. And I think that that is more so to do with Antonio Carlos than anyone else. It's part of the reason why I thought he'd be a really good, um, candidate for captain because he plays with an immense level of passion but at the same time he doesn't allow that to get to his head for lack of a better term and just play smart play consistently and he's someone who we have like Pedro even he's someone who we have been able to really rely on which is very valuable um, from your defender particularly in a league like this where it's hard to find good defenders from time to time so yeah he's He's, he he is a great player. He's a fantastic player. I'm very happy that we have him. He's looking like a bargain for what we paid for him, especially.
0: Yeah, and I want to say we paid in the millions for him, like 1. 1.6, 1. 1.8, yeah, something like that. Just, he's a, he's a, he's a TAM a center back. Point. Yeah, we, yeah. We, we, um, we have to buy him down from DP every year to be a TAM. Um, so He'd we spend like- a decent chunk of change. But he is worth it, 100%. He had an immense game. I really like your point about the leadership. He's clearly the leader of the back line. Clearly, he's the one shouting at everybody. He's the one kind of, you know, getting everybody together. Um, You know, obviously, Glaze is communicating. Everybody's communicating back there. But he's he's the man. He's the man. When you look at any defensive partnership, there's always one of them who is that guy, the leader. And and it's him, 100 percent. Him and Janssen have been a great partnership. I agree Janssen um, can have his hothead moments. I also think Janssen can be inconsistent as well. Like, I didn't think this was a great Janssen match. I'm not too worried about Johnson yet because it's only been two matches where I could say eh, like he could be found wanting. There was a, a bad giveaway in this match from Jansen, uh, a couple of defensive missteps. Um, but if, if it keeps going on, I'll be maybe a little more worried. But um, I'm not worried yet because I'm sure in the next match, maybe he will be the one making a big, you know, last man tackle like he does. So, yeah, mm. f- for me, back five deserves a lot of credit I thought the midfield was a little bit shaky. Obviously the first time Mendez and Araujo are playing in a double pivot together. So that's going to take in a, in a real game. They did it in preseason, but that's going to take some getting used to that's, but I do think that's going to be our starting partnership moving forward. Um, so, yeah. And then moving on to Moutinho, I want to talk about him in specific. I, uh, He was a part of that defensive group that did really well, that back five, that we just praised so much. But for me, he was the worst of the five. And that's on going forward and defending. You you think of that one moment where Efrain Alvarez put the ball in and um, Galés saved it with his penis. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Had to put that one in there. He saved it with his what? (laughs) But, um, yeah, so Moutinho looked really, really poor in that play, uh, but nothing Moutinho was trying was coming off. Um, and, and I feel like this has been Moutinho this whole season. His crosses have been poor into the box. He's been giving the ball away a couple times in midfield. Um, his pa- He's passed, I think, like in the first couple minutes, he passed the ball straight out of bounds. Like... Uh, what, what's been your take on Moutinho, especially in this game? D- did you feel he had a really poor game? Or, or again, am I just being overly critical?
1: No, I mean, there definitely were some times where Efren Alvarez was, you know, having his way with him. Like, he was – he he's never been a great defensive player, especially in a 1v1 scenario. Like, if, if you're able to get him standing up and you're, you know, a, a half-decent player with a bit of quickness, like, you have a good chance at running at him. and. um you know, getting behind, as we saw, you know, like that moment that you're alluding to. um, It was just kind of a 1v1 stand-up scenario. And I don't really even think Efra did anything spectacular. He just was able to brush by him and get into a dangerous area and then force a save with whatever appendage you would like to call it. Um, But, yeah, Zhao is a player who, as a fullback, his best contributions are going to come in the build-up and with his delivery um, and this especially was not a game for for him per se, which is why I think Kyle Smith came on. And I thought Kyle Smith did pretty well. He had a very Kyle Smith-esque performance. I don't necessarily think that he um, did anything spectacular, but he did things things all right, you know what I'm saying, which is which is fine. And, and he's, he's a better defensive fullback than Zhao is, which is why if we're going to be surrendering possession, I wouldn't mind seeing a little bit more. Though if Zhao is on, he's able to – Defe- or receive the ball, rather, and then get forward and then kind of release pressure a little bit. Like, there's value in that, but he hasn't particularly been on. Um, though there have been a few good moments where, you know, I think particularly in the first game of the year, he was able to invert himself a little bit and then get forward, and then maybe he wasn't able to hit the final ball, but it's not necessarily the easiest thing possible. He was still able to spring us forward a bit, which is a good sign. Um, but, yeah, Zhao's just been a very frustrating player, I think, for me, for even, like, the past, like, two and a half years. Um, I was gonna say, yep, I, I honestly, yep. I really think that he could be very good, man. Like I think that like if he is able to better himself a little bit defensively and then hit consistently with some of his uh, offensive contribution, I guess you can say that we have already seen, if he's able to make that be a little bit more consistent, I think that he is a very, very good fullback and stay you know healthy, which has been something that's been plaguing him as well. But, man it's just it's just been tough it's been it's been very frustrating to see because he's a player who i think has really good ability but we're just not seeing it at the level you would hope to see and you know he's still quite young but he's not you know 20 anymore so he's got to kind of start consistently putting that in how old is he is he is he like 23
0: no really he's 20 he
1: had, 24 he had drafted he's 24 Damn, 20, well i mean 24 I'll be, i mean honestly
0: he's still pretty young
1: prime. so i mean it, it is in the grand scheme of things but like two I years once, is prime two years away but once you're like 24 25 yeah especially him you know he's been in the league for like four years playing pretty consistently you want to see something a bit better and i mean if he just stays at the level he's at like he's still someone who could play in the mls and stuff like that but you know he's the first overall draft pick Mac herman trophy winner he played in the uh, sporting Club de Portugal Academy. Like, he's someone who very clearly is quite able, but he just has not been able to put it together. And it's, you know, time is ne- not necessarily on his side to an extent. I mean, I don't want to overblow that. Like, obviously, he's still quite young, but I would like to be, see that a little bit more. He's just been quite frustrating, I feel like, this season yeah. and for the past few years.
0: Yeah, for the past few years, 100%. Um, he's He's been someone who I think... Has lived off of his MLS's back tournament run where he was the name on everyone's lips. I mean, he was yeah. doing amazing in that tournament, helped us get to the final. Since then, he's been average. He's had good games. He's had poor, very, very, very poor games, um, just like all players. But he's never really lived back up to that consistent each match, you know. W- uh putting in dangerous crosses uh being technically brilliant you know can't get the ball off of him you can definitely get the ball off him now sort of thing so he's been pretty frustrating i know you have to leave soon so let's just quickly finish off the questions we have um two more uh tesho time love the name at forever our city on twitter says what's your ideal lineup with our trio of international call-ups away so no Facundo Torres, no Mendez, and no Galese for the match in Portland. Uh this upcoming i s- I'm just gonna say weekend. I don't I don't remember the exact day, Saturday or Sunday. Um so I guess let's just go through the three. Um instead of Galese, you have to assume it would be
1: Mason, right? Mason or is Grinwis? Grinwis is what yeah, Gr- 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 no, nah, but I, I think Mason probably is the number two. I don't even think Grinwish dressed. Obviously, he wouldn't dress two goalkeepers. I think Grinwish, or Mason rather was the guy who dressed for that game. So yeah, I think it. probably okay, so he's our be Mason.
0: Yeah. Okay, so so Mason will be in goal. Okay, so then Mendez is out. Do you think we go back to the four three three?
1: Yeah, I mean, we started, you know, the first couple games without Mendez in starting eleven. As much as you know, that's not something that I want to consistently see. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it probably will just be Araujo um, Junior and then Mauricio as well.
0: Yeah, and we'll probably go back to the four through three and got get Pato in there yeah. with Facundo and, and or well not Facundo. Um, yeah. Benji, and Car- P- Pato, Pato Erker, Erker, and Benji. Yeah.
1: Yeah, but I mean, I mean we're we're probably we're probably gonna be bunkering. I would think maybe for this game as well. Mm-hmm. But, no. though Port- I, yeah, Portland are... Portland,
0: Portland are, uh, honestly, I know, again, I know we don't have a lot of time. Oh, Dallas think,
1: just lobbed them.
0: Yeah, but um, Dallas were at home. Dallas have been really good this season. Just people haven't kind of realized it yet because their results haven't shown. Uh, but Dallas have looked really good. Um, Portland give me Orlando City vibes and vice versa. Uh defensively were both really sound. Um although the again the Dallas match doesn't really show that. But Ariola, Jesus Ferrero was popping off. They had Velasco in there as well. Um again, Dallas is oh, wow. really good. Yeah, H- Jesus Ferrera hat trick. So he'll be starting against Mexico probably. Um yeah, where was I going? Yeah, Portland very good defensively, offensively in the final third, in and around the box. Portland have not figured it out yet. You know, Yimichara had those two bikes in a row, bicycle kick goals in a row, um, but but those are not, you know, sustainable goal scoring creating chances. Um, uh, Santiago Moreno has looked electric until he gets in and around the box. Then he 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 just doesn't put it all together. Um, Sebastian Blanco's been on the bench and Nisgoda, I know he got a goal against Dallas, but he's been pretty He's been pretty average, to be honest. He, uh, His touch has been poor. He hasn't been the same since his injuries. His off-ball movement hasn't been great, um, but they keep sticking with him. So I th- I think it's going to be a game of both teams wanting to transition, honestly. I think we're going to go in there, and really? we're, we're probably going to see a li- uh, uh, maybe even a lot more possession um, than the Galaxy match. Maybe not a lot, but I think maybe we end with like 45 to us, 55 to them sort of thing. Yeah. Oh, I think we still have one more fan question. Yeah, sorry. We got Um, off on a tangent there. Uh, Jeremy Walker at OCJeremy79 on Twitter. He says he wants to talk about Pereira and his lack of verticality. Do you think it is Pereira the player himself, or is it a tactical thing from Pereja? He said he's noticed a few times where. Pereira had space to run forward only to turn and pass it back to the back line, even at times when he was on the halfway line. So what are your thoughts on that?
1: Um, I think part of it, this is a bit of a cop-out answer. I think because, you know, like I've referenced seeing Facundo do that as well, who Facundo's is the type of player who, you know, would like to take a player on every now and again. Um, I think that maybe we're trying to be a little, lo- a little bit more calm and then, have more of an interplay rather than just have one player carry the ball. Um but I also think yeah, like, you know, like it's we we talked extensively about this. Like Pereira is just he has not been that type of player. Um I would like to see a little bit more of that. Just just out not even just out of Mauricio in general, but I would like to see somebody in the midfield and maybe this could be Pato who would run at players a little bit more. Because as with any sport, if you're able to draw defenders toward you that creates space for other players as well. Um, and it's something that we are maybe lacking just a little bit right now, though. Offensively, I think that we've looked pretty all right um, throughout these first four games, but that just could be another dimension that brings to it as well. But I I think, I think it probably is more so a tactical thing rather than just Mauricio. But even if Mauricio is given license to do whatever he wants, I don't necessarily know if we would see too much of that. He's more of just kind of a shift on the ball type player and, you know, has the ability to break lines and stuff like that. But He's not going to run at players too consistently, even if he has space in front of him.
0: Yeah, I've uh, I've been pretty disappointed with Pereira's um, play this season. I think he's made a, similar to Facundo. He's made a lot of wrong decisions. Even in this match, he was on the halfway line at one point, and maybe a little bit different to what Jeremy's saying. But he tried a long ball over the top to somebody when you know we had just. Um, yeah, I, I think it was after the big Cabral miss. And then the he, he, we, yeah, we, after the really big Cabral miss. So we almost give up a, a goal, right? And then I think Galese does a goal kick or we pass the ball around and then kick it up the line, kick it up to Pereira. He has a great first touch, brings the ball down, turns and tries to do a long ball over the top, completely whiffs it. And then within 10 seconds, LA Galaxy are back in our half with another attack and it's those are the moments where it's like, just keep the ball. So that's where I would say keep the ball. Like we just had an, a a really close moment. Let's just everybody calm down. So maybe maybe that was one thing. Like we had just had an, a, a a bad moment defensively, and he got the ball, and he was thinking, no, let's just calm down. I don't remember the exact thing you're talking about, Jeremy. But um, in terms of his lack of verticality, he's just not very fast. He's not a fast player. Uh, whenever he tries to sprint forward with the ball, he almost always gets caught. So I think it's more of a player himself um, knowing that he has to. to uh, you know, you know what they say: the ball always moves faster than the man. He's going to pass the ball forward past you, then run past you. He's just not that. So, so either that's a player thing, or that's a that is a tactical thing from Pereja saying. You're not fast enough, so don't even try. <laughs> um, in terms of passing the ball backwards, uh, yeah, if, if we're on a breakaway and, and he turns around, um, that's not great. That's honestly not great. So I'll just uh, look at one of his
1: pass maps, because it, it does feel like he's been not regressive by, you, know, a normal player standards, but he typically is a very progressive passer, but it feels like it hasn't been. To the same extent, not not to any great amount, but I, I would be interested to see something like that. To like see one of his pass maps? Yeah, like how often he is playing the ball back and stuff like that and how often he's going forward.
0: Yeah, maybe maybe I'll look for one and try and post it because they do those on like who scored. So I'll do that after we get off here. Um, do you want to head out or do you have time for uh, for maybe a quick... And eh, no, we'll, we'll end it there. We kind of previewed Portland already. <laughs> Um, I don't have too much else to say about the match other than Cabral. I wanted to talk about him, but uh, the the main thing I wanted to say about Cabral, and you don't have to touch on it, is I feel like a lot of his chances were similar to the chances that Dwyer used to get, where he would be leaning to get to the ball, and he would he would just not get a foot on it, or the, the pass-in was just not good enough, and he wasn't able to get in the back of the net. So we've seen our fair share of, of moments on our side Yeah. Where, Maybe he should have finished, but he didn't, and we kind of got the rub of the green, similar to my first overall summary of the match, where I said that we cincinnati would LA Galaxy. Um, Any final thoughts from you before we head out, my friend?
1: Yeah, I think we did get a bit lucky this game, but I also didn't necessarily feel like we were ever in terrible amounts of danger. Um, Obviously, it wasn't the most easy watch at times being under pressure so much. But, yeah, I guess just kind of reinstating what I was saying before, like, I thought I'm, I'm pretty pleased with this. It's, you know, we have to travel to the West Coast, um, you know, and coming back with one point I think would have been a victory from this game, let alone three. So all in all, it's a results business, and I'm very pleased with the result.
0: All right, good stuff. I like that, that ending there. Um, Chase, where can our amazing, brilliant,
1: smart, lovely listeners find you at? In about 10 minutes, you can find me at the Wingstop on East Colonial. <laughs> but again, find me on Twitter at Vlamos O C S C.
0: Yo, Wingstop is delicious. I love Wingstop. All right. Uh That's you can so cool. obviously find me at LionsBlog One. Go check out my uh my linesblog, uh, org for the uh preview and Uh, I guess, review articles from Matthew Laboissonnier. Um, He's been writing some great articles Um, recently. He does a preview and review, and he's going to be putting out um, some other stuff soon. So keep your eyes peeled on the website. Um, Check check, and follow him. He is uh, on Twitter at Matt, M-A-T-T, Lab, L-A-B, Lions, L-I-O-N-S. And that's kind of his uh, professional account. So go ahead and follow matt really appreciate everything he's been doing that
1: chase
0: helped, I pre- yeah seriously um chase i appreciate you joining me tonight for this quick episode i know you had to run because you got it's wing stop idea. to eat and boy. yeah um i guess we will talk to you all next week after hopefully a dub in portland all i'll Six say now is on the west coast oh that would be insane almost orlando, Vamos orlando.